All right, welcome back to Devil's Trap Podcast. This week, we're going to reinforce our rule, don't go in basements. And add the rule, don't kill witches' pets. And be corny and add another rule of don't fear the reaper. Please don't hate us. Let's listen to this episode. of Devil's Trap Podcast, where we talk about season one, episode 12, Faith. I'm Diana. It's my first time watching these episodes and uh, getting on the super wagon train. Hey, and I'm Liz, and I have watched these things many, many, many times. All the, I've seen that, I don't know how many times I've seen this all the way through. So, but we are doing the spoiler free. So if this is your first time watch, watching the show, don't worry, we're going to keep things in line for you. Uh, but also have lots and lots of goodies for those of you who are fans been watching this for a long time. So how was your weekend, Diana? What are you doing? What are you drinking? Oh, well, so my weekend was uh, pretty, you know, chill. We um, got to spend some time with family. I had to celebrate my brother-in-law's birthday and uh, went to an awesome new um, bar and restaurant, well, newer bar and restaurant in Dallas called um, uh, Thunderbird Station. For those, while we are continue to be in a pandemic, I will say that they have a large open area of outdoor seating and they do follow very strict COVID protocols. Um, and, but they have really, really fun cocktails, um, and a phenomenal fried bologna sandwich, like stupid good. Uh, Yay, fried bologna sandwich is back. One yes. of our, fr- one of our friends used to have one in, the, in his restaurant slash bar and the jerk, if you're listening to this, you're a jerk. We're taking it off the menu. Sorry. We love uh, you, you, but you're a jerk. So happens when you go when you go vegan, you can't really have bologna, I guess. Um, but anyways, so uh, and then they had uh, to the point where I texted Liz about it. It was the frostiest mug of beer I've had in forever. It was so good. Lone Star on draft in a super frosty mug. Fucking a, it was good. I was a happy camper. So I had fried bologna sandwiches and beer on Friday night. Saturday we had fried chicken to celebrate uh, my brother-in-law's birthday and cake. Duh. And of course, drinks. Uh, and then Sunday, I spent hours grocery shopping and meal prepping to do a fucking detox this week. So my husband and I are on a five-day detox, courtesy of that blonde bitch actor- actress that you may know that has a site called Goop. So I don't want to plug it yet because I have not completed it. I'm on day one. I'm really fucking sleepy. have not had caffeine today. And I am drinking uh, sparkling water. Yep. So, yep, that blonde girl who has a vag candle. She has a vag yep. candle. A $75 vag candle. I am not trying to make a vag candle, nor <laughs> am I trying to sell a vag Di- candle. Yeah, Diana also sells candles. So, I, 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 do. Maybe, I have candles. Maybe this could be her thing at the end of this. Like, this is what my vag smells like after a five after, day detox. After, a five, I, after, the do, after the detox. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little sleepy. Um, dull headache for a lot of the day because I usually drink about half a pot of coffee every day 
uh, followed by a Coke Zero. So um, yeah, lots of lots of water. I mean, the food, food actually isn't terrible. It's like just a little bit time more time consuming to cook and a little bit different ingredients than I would ever use. But it's so far day one, food is not bad. But it's yeah, <laughs> so exciting. Whereas I found out on Friday, I somehow missed a whole season of my big fat American gypsy wedding. So (laughs) that is what I did on my Friday night is I watched all of those episodes and then texted Diana about every single thing that she had to see on them, including the goth wedding dress. I watched watched that one, which was that dress is amazing. 100% would wear. Yep. And then I reorganized my that season five episode season 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 five episode two or three and I don't remember what the title of it was but that has Tudor Tudor is from an Irish she's from an Irish traveler family and she's just the best she wanted her wedding to be black and be dripping blood so we love you Tudor I hope you're still married even though you were a child bride and that should have been illegal but but it was very entertaining you know watching you get put into things that should not be happening but yeah so I did that on Friday night and then Saturday finished my pantry reorg which is the bomb it looks so good all my baking products are just like made out and they're ready for the Valentine slash Christmas cake I will be making this week Uh, when this also is our Valentine's Day episode and I will tell you yes. why I can justify why this episode is a Valentine's Day episode. And I'll get to that later. Uh, Whoa. But then on Sunday, I went out to family business with my BFF and we had some Rancher Relaxos, which is their newish nitro uh, stout. It's so good. It was so delicious. And then we came back and then I rewatched the episodes of My Big Fat American <laughs> Gypsy Wedding with Kelly because he had not seen them and he wanted yeah. to see, he wanted to see the dress. Um, and he was just like, I, I have to know what this dress is. And then once he saw one, then and there was sucked a- in. Yeah, there, he made it finally after like the third one. He was like, okay, I gotta go. And then I switched to the, and then I switched to the puppy bowl because that was the only there was this other yeah. game on, I think, this yeah. weekend. But really the important thing was puppy bowl and chunky monkey. You were the MVP. Although there is also the other, there was so many hearing impaired dogs on there, good guys for like oh. your representation. Like I wanted to hug them all and get all those puppies. And the kitten kitten halftime was great. My cat was obsessed with watching kitten halftime and she never watches TV. So I don't know what Animal Planet has to be doing something. There has to be something in there where they're like, to make, make it cat watchable. Cause she was just That's like, weird. what is happening on the screen? And she just sat there and she watched it. And it was, like, yeah, it was crazy. But now she's that. mad at you. Cause there's not more cat television that's why she's being a brat today is that why she was yeah we we've had issues today with the cat (laughs) we watched the superb owl that's what we were watching were there owls no no owls you would have been disappointed but (sighs) there's no owls what's the point like there was a streaker there was i was like were there vampires witches or owls like i don't understand or a puppy none of these things any of those things like nah otherwise not watching it there was a streaker. It didn't make it on the major broadcast because they cut away from those, but uh, there's footage online. So it's entertaining. Good well, for them. Like, I mean, like, he, he has a mask on. No, <laughs> he made it all the way down onto the field during COVID, during high security you have at this professional football event and actually made it like 
halfway down the field. Like he got some fucking yardage in. I was like, holy shit. He actually was getting there and he had to be tackled and it was pretty funny. And now there's like stories about the, sh- the sheriff that tackled him was a high school football player. So now everybody's like looking up his stats. It's kind of hilarious, honestly, even though I don't give a shit about their stats. I, I, I didn't care about the teams. I, it, it is what it is. The, you know, it's, yeah, uh, my, yeah. you know, I, I like watching like pop- popular culture stuff and stuff like that. No. So um, I was going to support Diana and drink sparkling water, but I had a day. And so <laughs> I am drinking a Coleman as I was digging through boxes of things. And it was like, what would be good for tonight? And so I'm drinking a Coleman. Uh, there are Texas Zen, uh, which you actually weren't a fan of. So it's fine. You're not that jealous. You didn't like this wine. Mm, so. yeah, I, th- I, think, I think I'd be fine with it. I think I'd be fine with it right now. Um, I'm, not, I'm trying to decide if you like are drinking Coleman in solidarity for me or if you're doing it just to be mean uh but we're gonna no go I'm this. drinking it I'm drinking it because I needed some fucking wine that yeah, is fair, it, honestly as so it's you, not it's not all about me is that what you're saying it's not this is not about <laughs> you this is I had a day and okay. sister needed some wine I'll, I'll allow it I'll allow it all right I'm glad <sighs> I'm glad it's okay with you but anyhow, <laughs> so I, I think it's time for us to start talking about our Valentine's Day episode, Smoochy Smoochy. Um, so this is Faith, and there's so many good things about this episode. And this has been said among many of the people who, the showrunner, is that this was their favorite episode of the season. Hmm. And I think there's a lot of reasons why. But this was first aired January 17th, 2006. So we're kind of, I'm enjoying that we're kind of in line with when they were coming out. We'll pass it again, but we, you know, we kind of caught up. Uh, This was directed by Alan Kroger, who, a good director, but did a lot of TV stuff. Nothing, like pretty much every show we've ever watched, she's directed an episode of it, but nothing that would make it significant. Uh, But our girls are back. This was written by Rayel Tucker and Sarah Gamble. They're the ones who do the supernatural gender swap animation series. So they did dead in the water too and they they you know, they write a bunch of episodes of supernatural but i love these girls i think their writing is great um so really happy and there's gonna be lots of fun character things that we're gonna get through in the cast on here because yeah the main character actress i'm so excited about i'm not gonna say until she comes on i'm just gonna hold it and then i can scream when she comes on so we're gonna start <laughs> off with the beginning of this and what happens in the very beginning diana what's the first thing we see we see them digging through Team Trunk. Team Trunk. Team Trunk. Yahoo. So yeah, Baby's Trunk is getting uh, getting rifled around uh, as the episode starts. That's where it pretty much takes off. And um, while they're around a bunch of weird ass abandoned looking buildings. Uh, yeah. And uh, they're talking about voltage and digging stuff out of the trunk. So, you know, it's going to be a good time. Yep. Uh, so and then of course, though, where do they take all these fun supplies from the trunk? into the, one of these fucking abandoned buildings into its fucking basement because yep. that's where you go basements basements, basements. yep always the damn basement so um so yeah they go down to this basement they're rifling around they open this cabinet they think there's something and obviously there's some kids hiding in there and um they're like that's how we know it's still here Ugh. and uh one of the creepy things that happens which is like like childhood fear level stuff is when the one of, when they're going up the stairs and something grabs your ankle. <gasps> oh, uh-huh. I don't like oh. that. I didn't like that. So, anyways, uh, they bust out a taser and tase this monster. And Sam uh, gets the kids out. Dean is uh, fighting this monster and tases it again after getting clocked real good. 
and is laying in a bunch of water while he tases this monster who's also standing in the water, which means he gets really, really electrocuted also. Oh. So, couple things. First of all, supernatural Hermione fact. If you tase somebody with a stun gun and standing in a puddle of water, would that happen? No, that is not how electricity works. Um, I think actually somebody on the older supernatural wikis figured this out. But okay, so Dean fires a taser, he electrocutes the demon, and the electricity passes through the water and shocks him as well. But electricity always does take the the path of least resistance right right so in this case it would just be in the demon's body and even if some of it did go through the water there would not be enough current to electrocute a person because fresh water is not that conductive so it would just go out one leg and the other uh the last thing you would do would be to enter dean's body and there wouldn't be any sparking so fail so fail on that. And the second part is we're doing lore fucking early this time, guys. It is time for some lore. And you Whoa. know why? Because this monster the, whose name you did not say, his name is Rawhead. And Rawhead is also known as Rawhead and Bloody Bones. Now, remember our Dolly Parton when she was talking about her bugger man? And mm -hmm. bugger man, and you got to watch out for old Bloody Bones. Mm -hmm. That's this dude. So Whoa. I was like, okay. We have to talk about this, and I'm going to try and make this as short as possible. So it's time for lore. <laughs> yep, lore. So raw head and bloody bones, which is confusing because if you look at that, you hear that, and you think that's two things. And it's not really like he's kind of like his name. Like, my name is raw head and bloody bones. Hmm. It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, so the rhyme that's most often said with this is Rawhead and Bloody Bones steals naughty children from their homes, takes them to his dirty den, and they are never seen again. So that's a, that's a nursery Ooh. rhyme that goes with this. Every child Charming. loves a good nursing rhyme. Yeah, yeah I think we'll, we'll tell this to all children now. Yeah. Um, so one of the other reasons why I know of this is because of the Susie and the Banshee song, Rawhead and Bloody Bones, which is on arguably, not arguably, really her best album ever, Peep Show. Uh, so there is a video for her song and it's crossed with like the straight clip from the Czech dark fantasy film um, of Jan, Jan, probably he's Czech, so Jan Svenkmodger's at like interpretation of Alice in Wonderland. Do not watch this in your bed at 1130 at night as you're doing research. Um, it was, it was, I did not like it that Alice is a doll and so she's a doll and but it's really weird like how these things the song was not made for this video right like the video the film was not made for the song but they go together so well but so i do i highly encourage you to watch it just maybe watch it in the daytime you know unless you know you're you're super badass and hardcore but you can watch it at night but also it's a really good Susie song um I honestly had forgotten about it for a while and I was like oh yeah I really like this song it's really pretty um so Rawhead is also known as Red Bloody Bones Rawhead Rex there's a film called Rawhead Rex from I think the 70s that was based on I think Clive Barker did that um and then there's also um he's also known as Old Rawhead um and but he's also known as the Boogeyman right so bloody bones sometimes in conjunction with his friend rawhead sometimes itself he's just a boogeyman or a stall he says a booger man booger so, man a booger man um 
And really this was something that spread to North America and was adopted by the South. So a lot of people think it's, you can look at, it's in a lot of Appalachian folklore, but it really goes back to England as early as the 1500s, which I think is kind of cool. And so there is, because it's so old, there's a number of variations and some versions of the story, um, Rawhead's a water creature and he's lurking below the surface in murky ponds and flooded gravel pits. And then he drags people down in there to eat them. So really it was a story to keep children from drowning. So we're gonna see this theme throughout here. A lot of it is just a, I wanna scare children. That is kind yeah, of- Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm like, oh, so like there's like a historical precedent for terrifying small children. That's just yeah. what we're going for. Well, this is, you know, I mean, you look at old Grimm's and all the other things, a oh, lot of these, these sure. fairy tales are made as a warning of, <laughs> this is why you should not do that. You know, yeah. uh, if you look at the, the tales of shock-headed Peter, which is like one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a musical form, uh, there's this, uh, goth band is not the right word for them. There's this three-piece band from- say France, Germany, France, or named Tiger Lilies. And they're just like the super kind of version of like psychobilly mixed with folk. I don't, anyways. Um, so back Folka to Rawhead. Folkabilly? Maybe Folkabilly. Um, but really more, more back case. I don't know. Um, we can probably, I can throw out like every subculture genre. Right, like, I know. Trying to figure out what, how the hell <laughs> you would clarify, like classify them. I'm sure some of them write and be like, no tiger lilies is this but this singer ha sings in a falsetto voice and there's an upright bass and there mm -hmm. is like accordion type things are great anyway so rawhead is also said to live in cupboards and perhaps most frighteningly under the stairs so i'm like was harry potter rawhead oh, um wow. well he, he lived in a cupboard under the stairs that's where rawheads live mm -hmm. um so the story goes that if you peek between your ankles in the space between stairs, especially stairs leading into basements, you will see the monster, his head scalped and blood running down, sitting on a pile of bloody bones, and he can reach out and grab your ankles. And that's what happened to Sam. So it's like, oh, okay, so they pulled this part of the lore into there. Um, but so that's one version of it. Uh, the theory from the original looks of that is when this was coming in the 15th century, um, smallpox was really prevalent. So when you have smallpox, you get pustules on your eyelids and all over your face, and then you would scratch them. And when they scratch them and then they pop, then you have like pus going down your face and your face looks raw. This yeah. will also be a really good episode of Dr. Pimple Popper. Right. But I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> the top thing. I was like, saw a really gross promo for that show the other day. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. I watched all of them on Discovery Plus a couple of weeks ago. And then there's an English version called Save My Skin. Uh, and so it's like Irish and English and Scottish people and the, the doctors and Scottish women it's, oh, it's fabulous there's so much like uh -uh. poking of lymphomas <laughs> okay all right so the most Americanized version of this legend which of course still has a ton of iterations because this is so old is that Rawhead was a razorback boar with an ugly snout and red markings, thus the Rawhead name. And he was the best friend of old Betty. And old Betty was a conjure woman who lived alone in the woods. And one day a hunter comes upon Rawhead and he kills it and he takes it home to eat it. And in some versions, the hunter knows old Betty and he's trying to get revenge on her for crossing him mm. or and cursing him or cursing his crops. And that's why he killed it. But anyway, so basically he kills a pig and he eats it. And yeah. learning that her only friend is dead, old Betty does not like this. And she no. gets real mad and she conjures up a spirit of an animal from the dead. And usually it's just like, 
oh bloody bones oh bloody bones and she's like saying things like that over and over again um but so her conjuring creates raw head and bloody bones which is basically a humanoid body with the boar's head atop and it's kind of bathed in blood so then this creature stalks the hunter and he corners him and usually in most of the versions there's a lot of things that are very little red riding hood like and they're like they're yeah. basically asking a lot of questions you know like why do you have such foul red eyes it's like the better to see your grave and of course they're doing a terrible southern accent because that's how that boar talks <laughs> they both have really bad southern accents yeah. um and then the boar kills a hunter and the hunter becomes noms and he noms on it and then after that raw head and bloody bones is like mm, peeps are good so then he like really decides that he's really hateful and he likes eating things especially children and he haunts the woods or wherever looking to eat naughty kids and that's the story of raw head and bloody bones wow <laughs> well, i mean like the basic summary is like don't kill the old witch's pet i mean yeah, don't kill witches' pets. That's usually a pretty yeah, good see, one. It's like, <laughs> like don't, you, all, we can add that to my list of rules, but don't kill witches' pets seems reasonable. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I then you, make say, a, you can create a legacy boogeyman to haunt children and kill children for yeah. centuries on end if you fucking kill one witch's fucking pet. Yeah. Or and, also say, you know, don't piss off old you know, women who live by themselves because we're, we do mean things. Don't piss me off. I make her, I make her eat a big pig to come meet you. You don't know. I, can I, do am, it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and a little weirded out by her pet choice though. Um, I mean, like, I mean, if, I mean you're going to have something, I don't, if you're going to have a pet pig, that's one thing, but a pet boar goes into a different area, but also level. maybe she's just a badass and like her best friend can kick the shit out of people and, and eat yeah. them. I mean, I guess our Razorback is a little different than like what we think of about like wild boars here too. No, they're mean. Razorbacks are mean. I'm not saying it's nice. I'm just saying that it's not, aren't they smaller than the ones we get? In they're smaller. So, yeah. uh, uh, last year at your car show we had remember yeah. there was a there was a massive that pig, pig. That pig. Uh, hopefully i want to see if we have a picture of that pig this that pig was like two like 1500 pounds like it was huge yeah it was huge but then there was also a boar in there and it was this little tiny thing and he had this little tusk and so there's this giant pig and then like this tiny little boar but i was more afraid of the tiny little boar than i was of the giant pig oh my god that giant pig had the biggest nuts remember that oh, the, balls were massive like oh my god we had like that's all anybody could talk about like, so we saw his face and we're like oh my god ha, ha, that pig's huge and he turned around and we're like holy shit yeah he had his like one nut was the size of my head and that was pretty much the conversation <laughs> for the rest of the day did you see the pig he has the biggest balls i've ever seen yeah yeah, yeah pretty much I'm like they i've seen elephant balls these things were they look bigger than elephant and rhino balls like i don't know how that pig walked it, it was it seemed like it was like walking around them like it was a thing i don't know but i'll see if i can find those pictures <laughs> it's, like you had, it's like you had elephantitis of the nuts so oh. anyhow okay so that is uh lore we will have i obviously have some other tangents for later i said that was gonna yeah. be a short one but i just really wanted to know ever since dolly said it and if dolly says something i have to know what the hell dolly is talking about so that's fair. I mean, it's Dolly fucking Parton. Yep, uh, that's right. So right. yeah, we're gonna get back. So we now we know. So story. Dean, yeah, so Dean's been shocked, and we're at the hospital. And one thing to note: so like we we start off, and so Sam's uh, talking to a nurse. 
mm-hmm. who does come she does she's a character who does come back later not as a nurse but uh we'll talk remember this many many seasons later and i'll be like oh, remember that nurse uh but the card he gives her um has a name david berkowitz on it which is also aka son of sam the serial killer mm-hmm. so dean's aliases are rock stars and sam's are serial killers i didn't catch that man okay all right what does that say i don't know what that says i don't yeah that's interesting yeah so basically the the doc nurse the nurse i guess or the doctor is telling tell basically you know so obviously this severe shock triggered a very severe heart attack um and uh they're basically saying that Dean, Dean has weeks to month or maybe months to live because of it. It was so bad. Uh, so, and of course, you know, of course there's cops there, but you know, they don't stay long. At this time, like those cops are actually fine. We, yeah, they're were- actually happy. They're happy because they actually found like these missing kids that were yeah. hiding in the stupid fucking basement. <sighs> fucking basements, man. Anyway, why, sh- why were those children in that house? Anyways. Um- so there's a pretty funny exchange between uh, Sam and well, it's, it's, you know, sad, funny between Sam and Dean while they're discussing the fact that um, Dean obviously knows what the, his prognosis is, and him and Sam, and Sam goes in to talk to him about it about the fact that apparently he might not live long because of this shock to his heart. And um, Dean's watching TV and is like, "Fabric stopper, teddy bear, ooh." Uh, as he say, "I want to hunt that little bitch down." Like <laughs> talking about like well. This yeah and the other inside joke is that he says daytime tv is a terrible joke and jensen ackles was on all my children so oh. it is that haha oh. we don't we don't like soap operas okay. <laughs> but yeah so really yeah. like dean is like just accepting shit and sam is yeah. not and, and he's worried about worried about sam taking care of his car because oh, I mean, duh fair. Uh, which I thought was amusing also. I better take care of that car or I'll haunt your ass is what he says. So I thought that was funny. But um, but yeah, so basically Sam's like, we need to find a solution. This answer is not going to work. If this hospital can't do anything, we'll figure something out, but you need to get better. And goes back to the hospital and try, or goes back to the hotel, which was, this was a crappy motel. They had like an interim stop at a crappy motel here. <laughs> and um, try to call dad, of course. And, uh, and then yep. who doesn't so the answer? Co- of yeah, course he, he doesn't answer and also i mean maybe they leave it out but he's never like any time during this whole thing does dad bother to call out whether no. or not my son is fucking dying no i mean not- D- sam was not that clear but he was pretty clear dean is dying deal. yeah but, uh, john yeah. john you suck you suck john so much at least in this part you suck yeah anyhow I so but mad. then Dean escapes so, and then I was really yeah, hoping he checks I, himself out of the hospital and makes some comment about he wasn't gonna die in a hospital where the nurses aren't even hot. Yeah, oh Dean. But I was also just really imagining him like running out of there in like a hospital gown with like the butt open. Just like, <laughs> sprinting that away. Was, that was how I pictured him leaving. You, you did not picture him doing paperwork and signing yep. out. That's not what you envisioned. Yep. But also the other thing too is uh, when he comes there, we found out that he's been there for three days. So it also like took Sam three days to call to call John. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. But- so like you knew three days ago that he was dying. You probably should have said that first day, mm-hmm. especially if you're sitting here and you're trying to track down all these ways that I can save somebody from dying. Yeah. Like call your fucking hunter father. Like maybe he has a connection somewhere like that you don't know about. I mean, he may have already called dad. You never know. 
It seemed it seemed like a first time call. It did. Okay. It did. It did. So, and then he's Sam apparently has found what he calls a specialist yeah. in Nebraska. Is it Nebraska uh, or Indiana? I had Nebraska. Okay, maybe Nebraska. it was Nebraska. Maybe I just assume everything is Indiana. I don't know. You're a corn <laughs> state. Corn states are all the same. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I had Nebraska. So anyways, they go, so he convinces Dean to go check out this uh, specialist in Nebraska with him. And it's uh, Roy LaGrange, who is a faith healer. Um, and there's, but the, but the scene starts, I'm just I'm like, there's a lot of people limping in this place before. And then I'm like, oh, okay, it's a faith healer. Now I get it. I'm like, man, there's a lot of really, really injured folks here. Uh, so anyways, uh, but they have a really interesting exchange, I think, as they're walking in, because Dean's like, what the fuck did you bring me to? This is not a doctor. And he's like, I didn't say doctor. I said specialist. But, um, basically Dean has no faith or belief that this will work, which is a faith healer. I mean, kind of questionable stuff here, but I think Sam makes a really interesting point talking about, um, faith in general at this point where, um, you know. Dean's argument is like, I see a bunch of evil shit in the world. I see all this fucked up monster shit. Why, why would I believe in this? And Sam, Sam's pretty much like, look, if you know evil is out there, how can you not believe that good is out there too? Uh, like it's a balance in the universe. And I thought, I didn't, that was my add-on. But I thought that was a really <laughs> interesting, um, you know, kind of a perspective to show, you know, it is a leap of faith. It is kind of, you know, uh, something that, you know, don't necessarily can prove all the time but i thought it was interesting that they're having this exchange because they see so much fucked up shit and so many monsters and so much evil and so much bad shit um it kind of gives you a little insight into sam's perspective on the world but it also shows you that dean hasn't thought about it <laughs> so, well, you know, i think he opinion. has i think he also shoves a lot I mean, that is a lot of it goes put under underneath like this is easier for me to deal with this if i don't have to think about it and we're going to see throughout the episode the question of what does faith oh, yeah. really mean and then also i have moral quandary moral quandary moral quandary happening over and over again a lot of moral quandaries in this episode for sure but yeah, but so the most important thing is about to happen as they're walking in. We get to see your special guest star, and our special guest star is Julie Bent. It's Darla. Darla is here. Oh my God. Yeah. So obviously, Buffy and Angel fans be like, yes. Oh my God. It's Darla. And everyone else is like, who the fuck is Darla? And Julie Bent has done a ton of stuff beyond this. But yeah, yeah was, she was she was Rita on Dexter. She was also Rita on Dexter, but more importantly, she was fucking Darla. So, yeah, I'm so glad she's here. Um, Have I missed her? Where? So, okay. So Diana is also watching Buffy for the first time. And so she's also not gotten into Angel. So remember in the very beginning of Buffy, the, uh, the very first, very first scene of Buffy where um, you think there is a high school girl and a guy and you that's where they flip the switch and the high school girl is really the vampire and the vampire is the one who kills the guy and then she is in like a little school girl outfit and she's serving the master vaguely yeah that's darla and uh -huh. then darla is angel sire 
So I was going to spoil a whole bunch of Buffy shit. So sorry. Okay. I said I wouldn't spoil things for Supernatural. I never okay. said I wouldn't spoil shit for well, Buffy. I'm, I'm in season six of Buffy, like halfway through. So, and I'm like, so she will, anyway, so, I think anyway. she kind of like part of the things will come in, but she plays a much more important part in Angel than Got she it. does in Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Darla is Angel Sire. So there's whole stories mm-hmm. behind her on there. So I, you know, I love her. And so she's also Drusilla, you know, she's basically like Drusilla's mom. So I also okay. love my Drusilla. So anyhow, yeah. so yeah, it's Starla. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds, I mean, I, I know the name and I was trying to place it, but okay. That makes more sense then. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. So Layla, I, I made a point to note that she was um, uh, also on, on Dexter. So I missed, I missed the Buffy. I'm sorry. It's Forgive okay. me. Still, I'm still learning. <laughs> You're still getting into all the verses. It's fine. Uh, so yeah. So she, um, of course, Dean, of course, is kind of creepy to her because she's pretty. Mm-hmm. Douche made uh, her went up. Yeah. Yeah. And they go into the fucking tent for the faith healing. And I think, you know, it's kind of interesting. They point out that uh, there's like, they make a point of a shot specifically on the surveillance camera. So I thought surveillance camera was going to be super duper relevant for the whole episodes. And it was not really it's not. like, man, that was kind of a wasted shot. God damn it. Maybe like, oh, fucking surveillance camera. I got to write that down for my notes. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, may, it does. It to me that insinuates that there is um, normal faith healing bullshit where, which is probably what yeah. they were thinking, where somebody yeah. is watching people in the audience. There's a plant you're picking mm-hmm. out what people are saying, but this yep. is really not what's happening here. No. So anyways, of course, they're sitting up front. And of course, this guy starts uh, good old Roy LaGrange, who I wrote down Rev every time I wrote down in my notes, but they all call they call him Roy throughout the whole episode. So it's my notes confused myself at some point. So apologies <laughs> in advance for that. Um, but see, so, I call him LaGrange. Uh, see, that's confusing to me too. So anyways, uh, yeah, I, I used to work at we a venue, venue called LaGrange yeah. in and Dallas. Yeah. And we've so, already talked we about LaGrange in this podcast yeah. we, many we times. <laughs> so, so all roads yeah. go back to LaGrange. Oh, I don't know. No shit. Yeah. Do anyway, so, um, so Royal LaGrange is blind, uh, which is interesting. And then he uh, gets up and starts his sermon. And kind of one of the, the biggest tenet of this, as he's talking about, is that God rewards good and punishes the corrupt and guides him on who to heal. Uh, and Dean's kind of like talking smack and of course the reverend hears him and he makes a crack about you know the hearing of a blind man being really good uh so calls him up and insists that he insists that dean come up to be healed yeah and i thought that was really good when uh dean's like combating it and then roy is like i didn't pick you dean the lord did and yeah. it is really interesting that he's the one who gets picked out of this audience i do think mm-hmm. that it just in terms of like we don't really know how people were getting picked for this right. we really don't know how who was getting healed was getting picked because mm-hmm. obviously that we, we find out later they've been turning down layla for a while yeah and so why didn't why didn't you just pick her i also think it's weird that you've got this house with a tent i don't know yeah. why so that, that's what's weird I, I noticed this too so i'm like all right so they live in this fairly large old ass house and then there's a tent in their yard full with a parking with a parking lot around it like this is a very odd setup in general right 
I guess that's how preachers like, in Nebraska or Indiana, where the fuck they are, work. Because like the tent is usually if it's like a ro- a moving thing, and this was obviously not yeah a, a rotation. It's not a revival. It's not a traveling revival. Tent. Yeah, yeah. And it's not really a revival, and I keep calling mm-hmm. it a revival through this just because of the tent. The fucking tent made me say makes me say it's a revival, but it's not. It's so. not. All right, so nation that happens to meet in a, in a fucking tent. <laughs> Eh, you know, but, I mean, no judgment of where you worship no, things. You want to no. worship things in a field, you own a pool of blood, whatever. So, all right. So we're up there and they're going back and forth. And Dean's like, nah, not me, not me. Yes, you, not me. Not, yeah, not, not so, exactly a believer. You will be. Roar, but he gets healed. Whoa. He does get healed. Gets his, gets his, the, re- the reverend puts his hand on Dean's face, you know, awkwardly kind of. It was kind of like, I was like, hey, Smack. That's how you heal people. And uh, Dean collapses. And when Sam runs up, Dean wakes up. And you see that Dean's waking up and sees kind of like this specter of a real creepy old man. And whatever could it be? What could it be? Of course, it's not good, but it's right next to the Reverend. So, but Dean seems to be like, okay. So they, anyways, they could verify that by going to the hospital and getting their notes that, that there's nothing wrong, not, no evidence that anything was ever wrong with his heart. So he's not just like healed from this, but like healed as to from all before it happened. <laughs> well, not too. Healed to like before this shit happened at all. So that's kind of crazy. Um, but it was kind of weird because you know dean's like this felt wrong like yeah i'm healed but it didn't feel right and uh and he tries to tell sam about the specter the the, the old man that he saw i don't know specter was the word i went with i don't know but um and uh sam but sam's like oh i would have seen that shit because i'm the one that sees things like that but you didn't sam but he didn't sometimes sometimes you don't see everything sam so not everything's all about you sam damn it um so yeah but so we also find out that so dean's great but this 27 year old guy had a heart attack yeah and so and really what i think is interesting also is like dean just feels really icky about this yeah and he he, knows something he just feels wrong about it yeah and sam is just like why don't you just go with this dude like let's just run with it and dean's like no like i don't let's just go and finally they're like all right we're gonna trust your guts dean like you've got you've got some good instincts and we're gonna follow those so yeah they could have just left but they don't and so they have to go ask questions because how is this happening and so they visit with the reverend and he tells a story about how he's just had miracles around him since he had he was he had cancer or he lost his vision they found cancer he was in a coma and then basically after it uh after he was his co- woke up from his coma, he could heal people, and uh, the cancer was gone. And uh, it was just from everybody praying real, real hard about him overcoming it. So he feels like it was kind of like God's healing of him and giving him this gift, and to help pick people out. But kind of the interesting exchange here was when they're talking about why, like Dean really wants to know why he was picked, and uh, the good old Roy, reverend roy lagrange says that his heart stood out from all the rest and that he was a, a young man with a purpose and a job to do that wasn't finished yeah i wrote that down too i think that's very telling you know and whether or not this preacher actually had that ability to pick people out 
that still just from a storyline perspective of, oh, you have a purpose and yeah. you obviously we also can't kill you in the first season of the show or we won't have a show. Uh, but- kind of weird. Yeah, but then we go to what I'm now calling Sherlock Sam. So <laughs> Sherlock Sam is doing some investigating and some detective work. And I just want to have him a little hat and a little glasses going, doo, 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 what can I find out? Mm-hmm. So he finds out that the heart attack dude is being chased by something and the clock stops when he died. So Sherlock Sam goes, aha, yes, something has the, happened. At the exact time that uh marshall died was the exact time that um that dean was ill yep yeah so that's what they've noted because in the clocks are stopped at that time yep all right so yeah yep and then we're back to layla and her mom and they're stalking the preacher like they're just like heal me heal me father and her mom is a cunt sorry like whatever like she's just she's i mean she's a very she's very very rude i mean i guess i i can't put completely myself in her position and i get that there would be some animosity like this dude that just showed up out of nowhere doesn't even believe in this shit gets healed where we've been here praying and showing up every week and meeting privately all this trying to cure this inoperable brain tumor is what we find out is wrong with her at this point um and and straight up and he's she straight up asks dean why he deserves to live more than her daughter yeah and i'm like ugh sue and shut it shut your like, shut your whore mouth sue it but i really like i was like I, I wrote ouch next to that i was like oh <laughs> yeah, mine, just, mine just says in capital letters ugh sue and shut it but it just really pisses me off when people was like I, look guys have whatever faith you want to believe whatever you want but nothing you do makes you better than anybody else and that's my opinion and i'm sticking to it like just because you pray more doesn't make you better than somebody who doesn't pray that is not how any of the shit's supposed to work fuck off suan well i didn't take it that way i just took it as a general like philosophical question of one life versus another like what makes you what are you i mean, yes obviously at first she was talking about like we're here every day we earned all this shit we we should have precedence because we've been praying more than you have but then it's like the just in general, like what get, what makes you deserve to live more than my daughter? And I thought that was kind of, I just thought I found it more of like a moral. Yeah, like, we're going, it's moral, it's trolley cart shit, but I don't think that's how Sue Ann meant it. Sue Ann, to me, like Sue Ann, like meant <laughs> that. Just said that you, ain't, you, you ain't a good enough Christian. You, you're you're not doing, you're not doing what I'm doing. What I'm doing is the important, the right thing. I do the right thing. So I deserve this. My daughter, and really it's not that my daughter deserves it. It's that I deserve it. I deserve and it. And that's. Mm-hmm. I, mm, you goddamn selfish bitch. Yeah, no, I don't like that attitude. I was just saying, that's not how I, I took that yeah. part of the line. I, I, Cause I think that Dean was already wrestling with that. It was like, why well, is it saved versus somebody else in general? Not about the religion. Oh yeah, no. And, and there's two different things here, right? There is the overall storyline and that question of what, which life is more precious, but there's and also- Layla's mom's a bitch. And Layla's mom is a bitch. And yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Fair. two pieces one is like oh we could actually think about this on is one one person's actions other things they do does that make them more worthy or is this woman just a fucking cunt and yeah. you know whatever. we know um, where, okay. where liz stands on this <laughs> sorry Very so clearly. we're so sherlock sam about sherlock sam, and, sherlock sam and he has he has deduced 
through through logic and research that every time we heal somebody, somebody else dies of what they were being healed. And so this is where we start going into new things. All right. So Dean's not okay with this. Nope. And Dean's like, I know. I know what we've been dealing with. Dating a life for a life. Dealing with a reaper. A reaper. Got a reaper. Boom. Also, okay, so then we're going to start going into some really fun stuff. And this is where things are going to get good, right? Uh-oh. So Netflix land, uh, we're going to swap out some music here. But so uh, did you get the music? Did you, did you look I, I it up? I missed it. I missed okay. it. I'm sorry. All right. So when Dean's like, okay, it's a reaper. Boom. And then we switch to the girl who's running through the woods. Yeah. What's playing? We're back to Neil Turbin's Death Riders. Cause I was like, I really like this song. It's got kind of another surf rock. And then I looked it up. It's Neil Turbin again. So the last time that we were <gasps> like, oh, we both really like yeah. that band. Yeah. It's him again. So that's funny. Yeah. In uh, the original version, I believe this is where Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult was playing. I know it plays somewhere in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, And and they're like, we can't afford this for Netflix. Blue Oyster Cult's probably really expensive. (laughs) Probably. Uh, probably Especially that song. Yeah. I I like the song that they went with. I thought it was a good choice. I think I was just too distracted by the storyline. I'm sorry. I dropped the ball. That's all right. All right. So they are getting into the reaper lore at this point and trying to figure out like well is it you know are they stopping time is it like are they using a cross is it um that they saw it bound like on example of ontario cards is it yeah we're gonna we're gonna break that shit down we figure are out sorry. i can't black not. magic black magic to bind a reaper somebody's using that yeah so one okay First off, I just love their printouts. Like you have, again, we're back to the Kinkos, like or whatever library there. And like Dean's just hold it up like different shit. And they have like such the randomest shit printed out. Like yeah. he's like, Very he random. has a picture of famine. Like what the fuck does famine have to do with it? What the four horsemen have to do with any of this? And then he's got like this great picture of a, a, a skeleton holding up an hourglass. And it says Morlatatus on it, which is Latin for mortality. And he's like, yeah, Reapers have time. Like this picture shows it. Like reacher, like that's just a skeleton holding a glass, hourglass. It's not a that's reaper. A that's just some random shit. Um, but also this is so Sam pulls out a tarot deck, right? Yeah. So and this is what he's got. He's like, this is the cross I saw on the altar. And Sam says, tarot dates back to early Christian era when some priests were still using magic and a few of them veered into the dark stuff. That he was up talking all of it necromancy and how to push away and how to cause it okay supernatural hermione's like senses were like rah, 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 rah. all of this is so wrong sam this is so wrong everything you're saying is fucking wrong not accurate not accurate it's not wrong so we're gonna have to break this down all right one tarot first off why did sam have a tarot deck next to him on this computer table uh hold on i would fully expect there to be at least one tarot deck in the trunk of baby I'm just saying. I feel like that's. I'm sure Baby has many, many, many different decks. But are you going to like, we're going to, you know, we're in a hotel. Carry this one around. Just carry this one around. Just in case I want to, like, you know, deal our cards and see what's going to (laughs) happen. Okay. So. So we're going to break down the first part of that conversation. He says tarot dates back to early Christian era. That's not, that's not true, Sam. No, you're wrong. 
Okay, so the ancestors of what we know as tarot cards can, they go back to the late 14th century, but they were really a game, right? So mm -hmm. basically, this is where decks of cards come from, right? So this is, if you look at tarot decks versus our playing card decks, you're going to see the same major thing. So there's four different suits. Tarot mm -hmm. decks have the arcana, which regular playing cards don't, but that's where it comes from. And the earliest evidence of a tarot deck used for fortune telling, we can start seeing that happening around like the mid 1750s. Um, and the first actual divination deck comes out in 1791 by Jean-Baptiste Elliot, who is a French occultist. And so that's the first time that we really see things for, for divination purposes rather than a parlor game or entertainment. Um, and of course, so we've got occultists Ooh, I love, I love, I love occultists and spiritualists. So we got them going. Wow. Uh, on a side note, the card that he's holding up is the Pope card. That's also known as a Hierophant. Fun facts about that card. So in divination, it can represent a counselor or a mentor who provides you with spiritual wisdom, etc. But so remember that I said, you know, tarot was a game before it got spooky. And so the church was like, you know, maybe we shouldn't have the Pope and a pack of playing cards. So because you are like all of you and like people are making fun of this thing and like there's gamblers and everything. like we, we want you to take that off. Like so like the church around 1725 is like take take off the Pope. And so there's a lot of things that start replacing it. And my favorite, there is a picture from the Belgian tarot where they replaced it with Bacchus and so it's a, basically it's Bacchus and he's naked straddling a wine barrel and gulping wine from a bottle and I was like I need this may need to be a tattoo somewhere but I was like this is the best tarot card I've ever seen and why anybody would choose that card anyways okay so that's a tarot thing we already know he's wrong there yeah the cross uh so the cross that we saw within uh the on the altar and mm -hmm. then also on the deck that's a coptic cross so the yeah. coptic cross is a symbol of coptic christianity and that's the oldest Christ christian denomination in egypt so mm -hmm. likely it's an evolution of the egyptian ankh and you know the ankh yeah. is like I can the circle with the line mm -hmm. yep um, so Christianity was did, was brought into Egypt pretty early by the gospel, the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark. So that and, and basically in, in the world of things, we're going to make um, you accept Christianity. We're going to take a culture and we're just going to kind of shift it. So we're like symbol tweak, of life. Tweak, 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 tweak it to tie it all together. Yeah, symbol yeah. of life. You just kind of become, there's all these different things that mean. So that's kind of first century. So that part is, yeah, okay. We can kind of go with that. That's early Christianity. Yeah. But the priest and necromancy, uh, earlier I told you, it was like, this is the thing that made my head explode. And I just was doing quick research on this. Uh, and because good fucking God, necromancy has so many like meetings and goes back. So so in these days, we normally think about necromancy as being raising of the dead. And it's probably because right. we watch a lot of horror shows where necromancers are controlling vampires and other things. But um, it's meant like a ton of stuff and really didn't mean that for the longest time. Um, and so when Sam is going, what the era Sam is talking about priests doing necromancy, that's the Middle Ages. And that was the time when they started to distinguish between natural magic, but they didn't call it magic, uh, where power was drawn from the world around magicians, I think like chemistry. And necromancy, which had grown to include black magic and anything that tried to control a realm that good Christian folk weren't supposed to know about, but it kind of came down to natural versus supernatural and to perform that type of necromancy, which is really the idea of you're controlling demons and you're doing some sort of things. 
you have to have a belief in God. And so necromancers would have to like purify themselves, do a lot of fasting, do a lot of prayer. And so testimonies do point to the clergy as being the main social group inclined to practices. So that not only included like priests, fires, and monks, but anybody who was in that, including officiants, like the readers, officiants, the choir boys, and university students. So they all had access to different levels of learning, but basically had to know the rituals and Latin and then be Christian. So some of them were priests, but not really. And they weren't really like controlling the dead they were doing spirit so basically everything sam said was wrong goodbye <laughs> yeehaw. yeehaw so all the history is wrong every all the symbolism is wrong uh-huh yeah, yeah but, yes. but the but the assessment of the reaper we'll go ahead and say now was correct <laughs> that's what we yes, know you, you did figure out it was a reaper but that one thing is like oh yeah all the stuff that comes through here yeah anyway, well, so anyhow I, Anyhow, so on that note, yeah, so Dean wants to kill the Reverend because he's like, fuck that, this is bullshit and playing God. And Sam's like, whoa, whoa, let's pump the brakes. We don't really need to go kill this dude, but let's break this spell at least. Uh, and it's really good they didn't kill the Reverend. We'll forget to that in a minute. But yeah, uh, but this also yeah. goes into another moral quandary, right? So if a human, because, you know, they kill monsters. But yeah. if a human is, human is doing bad, is a human a monster and can we kill him? And you'll see this, like that line of questioning happen. And of course, most like supernatural shows, you know, Buffy yeah. has that, that huge mm -hmm. line of like, we kill monsters, we don't kill humans. Yeah. But if the human is controlling the bad thing, what do you do? Is that okay? But we get to that, but we get to that. So yeah. anyway, so they decide they need to go find this fucking spell book that, that was used to capture this reaper and control this reaper. And so, um, Anyway, so they get into the house and, uh, or Sam gets into the house and actually he's very clever. Uh, well, Sherlock, he's cause he's Sherlock Sam. Yeah. He's Sherlock Sam and like figures out, like sees the dust on the shelf. He's broken and he's in the book, you know, the office and he, he's, yeah, he, he at the book at the bookshelf and he finds the spot where there's no dust. And that's where he knows to pull the book from. And he pulls a big book and that's nothing. But behind that was where this tiny little spell book was. And what was really interesting about it was that it was a bunch of newspaper clippings in it about. Uh, Do you want? Yeah, that, I, I have the titles, so yeah, um, of course I, I, say, I have. A, I know, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you have the list of them. I had like a couple notes, and I was like, I'm ready for yeah, this. So, yeah. So openly gay teacher wins lawsuit. Local abortion rights activist advocate calls for end of violence against women. I think that's the one who was running through the woods. I think that was her. Yeah. And then the last one is right. Local church is a cult. Yeah. And, and there's been this protester out in front of the church. We, you know, we didn't really address it, but it was out when they walked in the first time to go for Dean's healing. So anyways, uh, yeah. So basically Sam deduces from this that they are choosing the victims that are going to die. Yeah, good old Sherlock Sam deduces from this, that they are, the, the Reverend is choosing his victims as people that he thinks are immoral and healing people that he thinks are worthy basically. And that this parking lot protester that's been at their, uh, at the services, um, is, uh, is going to be the, the next victim. Um, and so, yeah, uh, well, they, there, it's time for another healing and after, uh, and so good old Dean's going to try to stop whoever's going to get healed because they know who the fuck's going to die. And of course, who gets picked today? Uh-oh. 
it's Layla. So it's finally Layla's turn to get healed. And um, yeah, so Dean has a serious moral dilemma, tries to stop her from getting going up there. But I mean, like, I mean, how is he really going to convince her? So while Sam tries to go save this dude in the parking lot, the protester in the parking lot, and uh, I think that, you know, it was, Layla actually looked like she considered stopping, I think, for a minute because of Dean was pretty, Dean was pretty earnest and was saying something bad was going to happen. But she goes anyways, after looking at her mom, she makes eye contact with her mom and has to go. Uh, so of course, you know, Dean yells fire. And so they have to leave the, leave the tent because you don't want to get caught in a tent, church tent fire. Um, but, um, what, during all this, Sam does find the guy, the protester, and it's kind of wild because Sam's almost like, almost doesn't see, it's almost incredulous about what's happening. Cause he doesn't seem to be able to accept that he can't see this thing. And the guy's like, obviously like running from something. And then obviously like getting like killed by something and Dean, or I'm sorry, Sam can't see it at all. Uh, so yeah, anyways, um, they finally figure out, um, this is when, um, Sam figures out that it's the Reverend Roy's wife that's behind all this, not the Reverend himself, it seems. So uh, he's able to stop her and the Reaper stops um, attacking at that point. Right? Yeah. I get that yeah, right? Yeah, well, D- well D- you know, Dean is the one. Dean does. Her. I'm sorry. Dean, yeah. Dean sees her in the corner and sees because he knows what to look for because of what Sam's research. And he sees her in the corner and runs after her and gets her to stop praying whatever to her weird little chanting to her little cross on her neck. And uh, the Reaper stops uh, attacking the protester. So from that point, of course, Dean gets dragged out of the tent by the sheriffs. But it was like, oh, we get some more digger sheriffs. Like, so we had good sheriffs in the beginning. Now we're about to all cops are bastards. So, uh, hey, don't, hey. I, hey, I know, I don't, I don't believe. Really, I'm just saying hey, that's. Hey, hey. I'm just saying that's a supernatural line that it seems okay. to be running through a lot yeah. of this. And well, later on, I promise you, this is not a spoiler. We do get cop love in the show, but okay. at this point, it's like we've got some more hillbilly sheriffs. Um, yeah. And then, and like, and this is my my very capitalist line too. So Dean's back with Layla, and he still doesn't tell her. Like, why I don't know. you just tell her? Like, yeah. I think if he's, I mean, if she believes enough that a somebody from a church has the ability to heal somebody through faith, she believes in that. Yeah. Then why would she not believe the concept? Like if he's like their consequence, like why is he not telling her what the consequence is? Because I'm pretty sure if you told her somebody else is dying every she time, wouldn't you want she wouldn't somebody, want it. She wouldn't want it. She wouldn't want it. Just because her personality, the little bit, the little bit you read of her personality and all of this, because she doesn't seem as adamant about. She like she can't turn down the opportunity to get saved, but at the same time, she doesn't feel as strongly about it as her mother. Is how I read it. Right. Like, I have to try everything, but at the same time, like it is what it is, and I've kind of accepted it. I'm doing this like i read that she's kind of like really trying for her mother's sake for other yeah, sake. I, yeah that, and that, I, is that yeah. your read on her that's what it's my read too like if she wants to be healed but she also yeah, I mean, but but especially okay. because but she, yeah we find out later she's okay if it's not but so i just don't understand the justification for not you give everybody else monsters a real speech like why don't you give her like i completely lost on odd. why that isn't done yeah that's really weird and it's and, and still weird even later on in the story, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, so 
basically so she of course is she's a little pissed because this was kind of finally her turn and it was really important to her mother and all that so she confronts dean about it and so she uh he tries to he, all he says is the the reverend isn't the answer um but i mean anyway she doesn't really understand but she's really still kind of nice to dean about it and just wishes him luck i mean like she's like, like not she's a good person like she's not a bitch like her mom good for you yeah. yeah so um anyways and so good old the reverend is gonna still believes that he's gonna be able to save layla and promises to do it at a private session later yep um but anyway so at, this is kind of where they've they start figuring out that the wife is behind all of this um they've pieced this together it's not that she's the one that kills people that she 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 picks the people that are that she thinks are immoral she helped roy cheat death by finding this magic so when he got cancer and got and was in a coma and all that she that was when she acquired this spell or power or whatever to be able to trade a life for a life and and now just continues doing this but let's kind of roy be the good old reverend roy be the face of it so, yep. anyway. and so sam yeah and, and sherlock sam figures this out from that little tiny book that is ancient and was written by a priest who went dark side um, mm -hmm. and to do this she had to build a black altar and of, of course. course i was like i gotta look at black altar and what is the best thing i find when i get to black altar that is of course the polish black metal band black <laughs> altar of course it is and they are fucking amazing they have been around since 1996 and according to many things they are one of the most distinguished black metal bands from the eastern middle europe and their lyrical themes include satanism misanthropy darkness and evil and their bio tagline is <gasps> in the in the darkest abyss of chaos where time and space are impenetrable black altar came into existence it took its wow. earthly shape during blasphemous sabbath and the night of walpurgia anno bastardi in 1996 where it was summoned by the voice of shadow he was wow. the first guardian of the black altar and has started an unholy crusade thus awakening fear and pain among the hypocritical and hideous christian lands lambs not lands and so i must say if you have the time go and watch their seven and a half minute long video okay don't Whoa. watch the whole seven and a half minutes but they have a seven and a half minute long video <laughs> For their song, Deus in Versus, which means God Inverted, which was their title track from their split with Kirkerband, but you could also pick up their split with Beastcraft, which contains seven hymns, and when they write seven, it's Roman numeral, so X, one, two, two, like X, I, I, I guess, so Roman numeral seven hymns of total darkness, deathcraft, and necromancy. So you're about to death, deathcraft and necromancy. And I will drop the go. link for this video because it was, wow. it was epic. You y'all did some fucking good work. Like not, I'm real honestly from, I love, as much as I tease and make fun of them, I love black metal. Like it's just, y'all make me happy because you're so silly. You're so very silly and I love it. Um, and I hope you all realize how silly you are and I'm not insulting you, but because I think your craft is awesome, but also very, very silly. Anyway, so that's Black Alter. And that was what I was last night, Diana, was, I sent her a text. I was like, my show notes would go a lot 
better, a lot faster where I would stop getting down these like loopholes of, oh my God, there's another <laughs> band. I must watch, must yeah. watch all their videos and then <sighs> look into shadow and, oh my God, all your pictures are great. Look at all your pictures and all your media. And, uh, and 2020 was the first time they were going to start touring live. And then so poor black black altar well and then like the thing too like that i will say about like these black metal bands is they are like really 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 cognizant of their artistic image like there is there is wardrobe considerations there are photo photographic considerations there is artistic considerations i mean it, sometimes you can read their well, sometimes you can read their logo sometimes you can't that's okay well i mean all but, of the the things that went into logo design for them and just the historical yeah. research into like whatever demonology crap they're building sorry whatever whatever the, but there is a there is so much effort that is put into these bands and what they're doing and i love it and yeah anyway so sorry for the tangent on black altar but how could i not like it's yeah. uh, especially shadow oh shadow you're the man slide <laughs> into my dm uh, shadow all right. <laughs> oh all man right, so that, okay. that's, is, that, is that how this is a valentine's episode is that liz ha no, puts so out the call the, for, let's put it let's puts out the call for shadow <laughs> shadow shadow to reach out to me no this is but i do this is where we get to the valentine's day part and because it's that question of whether or not she was evil because basically sam is saying her doing this made her evil and but dean's actually very insightful and was like no she was desperate she yeah. did this for love which is what this is why it's a valentine's day episode because uh. she's she built the black altar for love like you do you if you're in love you build black altars. That's what i do for love um you know sometimes you just gotta put some dark horns on things and you know that's how you, dark magic for love oh oh so so romantic yeah so romantic. but really that is like but this is a really great ethical question right i think it's an interesting perspective of the brothers so we've got one yeah. who, and sam does come around to this but i dean who's you know for all intensive purposes we kind of think of him as being a little shallow but he actually sees like beyond that it's like no she wasn't evil she was she did this because she didn't want her husband to die and so what would you and like sam you did the same fucking thing for dean you know like you didn't want your brother to die and you just you knew like you knew, you see evil all the time there's no yeah. way you could nothing comes for free there's no way you thought this was going to be an easy thing that comes right you were desperate and you did the same thing for love so hey, I mean, valentine's I, day i mean apparently apparently giselle built an altar for tom brady too did she, she really apparently, yeah, okay. she, apparently she does that for a lot of his games uh so i want to see i want to see her altars are they she, are they filled with blood a little and, she put a little she put together a little altar for for me apparently it's like pictures of kids in like a lot about intentions but i thought that was interesting it was a headline it's okay, that's not a, relevant that's, to is that more creepy or less creepy i'm just saying it's relevant to i know i know but love and current <laughs> events there you go yeah. that's what i got hey i don't know if it's more or less creepy i'm not i don't know about that. so yeah <laughs> all right so and, now we are back. Oh, oh, yeah, one thing before that, I thought like one of the other interesting things like when they're having this discussion, Dean says, may God save us from half the people who think they're doing God's work. And I thought that was very poignant and something yeah. to think about folks. All right, so go on, we're back. We're back so, right so Sam and Dean, they know they need to destroy either the cross or the black altar. And so they've got, and they want to disrupt <laughs> Layla's healing. And so- I, Sorry, go. sorry. I also had destroy the cross, destroy the altar for K no los dos. 
sorry go on but yeah so so they uh basically so dean's gonna go try to he's got you know dean's got the moral dilemma because they're gonna disrupt layla's healing again but um they're uh you know and, and so dean goes to kind of just make it you know distract the sheriff so that uh <laughs> sam can find the reverend's wife and so, so this scene of, yeah they're running around through all the campers that people have left in their parking lot of a front yard apparently by the tre- by the tent and i found it really weird that there's a fucking barrel fire why is there a fire in a barrel in like next to a camper in the it's middle a of house yard? Right? it's their yard it's their yard at their house <laughs> i was very disturbed by the barrel fire i just wanted to share that but also as like gene was being chased by the sheriffs like did you not hear benny hill music like just going through that like if i can do that without getting um taken down by youtube i'll make that um but yeah i just like oh he's over here no he's over here no he's over here it was pretty silly it was a very silly chase scene and then um so sam finds the black altar in the fucking basement again because everything bad is in the fucking basement of course I'm well this saying. is a cellar maybe it's different but so some of the items that are on this black altar all right so we've got a human hand a black ring and my note is like is this where my rings are fucking going because i keep losing all my rings and like is somebody taking them and putting them on an altar i don't know there's also blood red candles horn skull crystal beads and dean's picture where did she get dean's picture that is fucking weird like she there's not like you know like you can't google gene winchester you don't know he's dean winchester like where the fuck did she get this picture of dean from did they just like she follow them around take a picture and maybe so maybe she maybe she just took some like stalker pic i yeah. don't know and then my next yeah my next note in all caps is flip that altar sam just tear that shit down yeah uh, yeah so and then she busts him of course and says i gave your brother life and i can take it away the lord chose me to reward the just and kill the wicked because she's got yeah. a little bit of a she got a little bit of a god complex she's obviously. got a god complex and we also call that some fucking nonsense all right so we so, have some fucking nonsense going so on he gets locked so he gets locked in the basement yep and, and then we have there we go three we got three scenes that are going to happen now right yeah so good good director stuff i like that so we got one we got layla getting healed two dean's getting reaped because reaped is a verb and three we got sue ann praying on a cross yes and so because obviously now dean's the replacement death for layla's saving which is also really really like i guess i don't know i'm I'm, it's poetic poetic it's very symbolic it goes back to like this whole moral dilemma that dean's had the whole time so that was really interesting so anyways uh and so we got all these scenes going on at once uh layla's collapsing because that's kind of part of the healing process sam um and um uh uh good lord dean's collapsing and so um sam escapes from the cellar apparently runs up and smashes the cross stops the process of layla being healed and of dean dying and then you see the reaper kind of like look like he comes out of kind of like a trance and it's kind of standing there and kind of looks over at the wife now the preacher's wife little miss 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 lagrange and comes for her yeah, reaper's coming for your ass suan and so okay so reaper comes for suan and he takes her yeah. so 
I, I did have that question of like, why didn't that heal Layla? And I guess because it was not like in connected. It was not connected, but it would have been it would have been nice. Y'all could have right. just healed Layla. Like you could have given her that mm. shit and been like, mm. all right, well, you know, you could have put that in there. I mean, I guess we had some other things we need to do from an ethical standpoint, but you could have healed her. <laughs> well, yeah, I, and you know, and that's kind of where they're acknowledging that they don't think that the husband had any idea that we, they think that he really believed he had the ability to heal and and that was part of it so that really the reverend wasn't necessarily a bad guy he thought he was doing good for people and healing people which is kind of sad but also kind of sweet and odd but i thought that was an interesting takeaway yeah, no so yeah uh they say <laughs> they they say hell of a week and they get back to the <laughs> car and go to go back to their motel yeah and we're back to debating moral choices again yep. we're still like yep yeah i mean because it is a big you know it's a big moral dilemma because now dean's gonna have the guilt of having been saved in, in lieu of somebody and somebody else died in his stead because of him being saved and then now there's other people that could be saved and other people that would die in the process but who gets to decide who lives and dies and he's feeling very very guilty and very conflicted about the whole thing so of course Layla shows up because <laughs> yep. Sam called her, which is good. Good for, good for you, Sam. Good yeah. for calling her. I appreciate yeah. that. Where'd you, where'd you get her phone number? I don't know, but I'm glad you found it and you called her and shit's going to get real deep and they're going to have some conversations. And Layla says a line, which I really, really liked was like, I guess if you're going to have faith and also, oh, so I guess if you're going to have faith, you can't just have it when miracles happen. You have to have it when they don't. And I thought that was a really good line, but also it too. Yeah. And whoever transcribed it though, y'all wrote gonna as G U N N A. And so it just makes it very Southern. And I'm like, gonna, you're gonna have, gonna have to have it. Gonna, gonna, but yeah, it's, I think this is that whole question of, and no matter like believing in higher powers or not, but this is really episodes title faith and really mm -hmm. what faith is is like you can't just you can't be like her bitch mom and be like no these things have to happen because i asked for them right. it's faith just means that you're believing something no matter what right you can't be it's not selective you have to yep. you, you're, you're in or you're out you know it's, it's faith for a reason so yeah and, and it was kind of ended with a, a neat thing you know she she they don't they don't they don't have any sexy moments but she does caress Layla caresses Dean's face and that she's leaving he offers to pray for her and she says well that's a miracle in of itself yeah and she's just going to become a vampire and everything will be fine <laughs> I mean she won't become a vampire on this show I mean she may yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. gone spoiler free but she's gonna be a vampire on another show and she also but yeah she also gets resurrected on that show a number of times so i mean I yeah agree. i mean julie benz is she she's pretty good like she'll just keep she, she's like a little cat she'll she always come back on her feet because she's such a good <laughs> actress that she will keep coming back because she's just such that good of an actress so that was faith it was a good episode i enjoyed it because i did like the um well a i like a lot of like uh like i like some of like the religious mysticism stuff i i enjoy that uh generally speaking being the good catholic that i am um not that i'm a practicing catholic i just I was raised catholic so i feel like that that you have a proclivity for some of those things sometimes enjoying those stories sometimes um and then um the the moral sort the moral uh dilemmas were kind of interesting here and i liked hearing the two different perspectives because um 
you know, it was, it was, it was a kind of a little battle and it showed, it did show as much as like they tried to balance it out with Dean being douche canoe creeper. He also got really deep on this one. And I thought that was interesting. No, I think, and from a character perspective, honestly, I think this shows that it's, that sometimes you know dean is deeper but you know it's a very different perspective on life and also just probably a perspective on age as well so you know sam is probably what like 22 23 at this time i don't remember what his age is supposed to be and dean's around 27 and so that is a different life perspective that you know sam's just like we're gonna fix this and it doesn't matter the consequences or honestly it's not like it doesn't matter the consequences is i'm not going to think about the consequences right that i'm just going to accept what happens and dean's like but the consequences are on me and i have to, i had the responsibility to deal with this and re- i'm always going to be responsible which is kind of you know dean's through line and yeah. then sam's like i want to be a detective so i'm going to be sherlock holmes and i'm going to figure stuff out and yeah. my research researchy detective stuff college yeah. boy what do you do with that college boy? Kind of that line. I think we didn't talk about that when he called him that, but oh, college boy. How dare you be educated? How <laughs> dare you go to school? Oh, oh ma'am. Well, who, yeah. paid for, who paid for Sam's school? That's something we're gonna have to ask about. Who paid for Sam to go to Stanford? He got a full ride, remember? Oh, oh, he didn't get a full ride. But that doesn't cover everything. Like, how is he covering, like, you know? just general that, that cost big, of life. that big ass apartment yeah that house in fucking palo alto that costs like millions of dollars Ugh. okay i think that's gonna wrap it up for this evening unless you got anything else that's it i think all right cheers jerk cheers bitch thanks for listening to this week's episode of devil's trap podcast be sure to follow us on instagram devil's trap podcast twitter devil's trap pod or you can email us devilstrap at devilstrappodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, so you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't be a dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow. <laughs>